Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to High Street Young Adults Tuesday Night Live. I'm super excited to be with you guys tonight. We are in week two of our series, More to Life. And again, I'm super excited to be with you guys tonight. My name's Thomas Gannadin. And if you don't know me, something that I think that you need to know about me is that like many of you, like probably many of you, I was an extremely average high school athlete. Extremely average high school athlete. I played a handful of sports, but my favorite sport that I played was football. Loved to play football. And an interesting fact about my football career was that my very first start, my very first ever starting game was the first game of my junior year, and it was actually broadcasted on ESPN. And so some people maybe said that I peaked at that moment, and I would argue against that, but it was a very, very cool moment in my life. So first ever game that I started was on ESPN. And it was just so crazy. I just remember the summer leading up to that game. We were just working so hard to get ready for that game, watching film, practicing. I remember the week of that game. ESPN actually came to our school that week. And so it was just a crazy week. We were so busy just preparing, getting ready, watching film, doing all these things to get ready for the game. I remember the Friday of the game. School was over. I put on my backpack, my big bag with all my uh, pads and stuff, and I walked from the school down to the locker room, which was by the stadium. And I got down there, and I just remember just kind of sitting there and just taking a deep breath. <sighs> I just remember being so busy leading up to that and preparing that it was, I was, finally I just got to sit there and just relax and just think. And I unzipped my bag, and I started to put on all my pads. I put on my shoulder pads. You know, I, I put on everything except for one piece of equipment. And I looked down at my bag, and that piece of equipment was missing. That piece of equipment was my helmet. I had forgot my helmet at home. And that was the, one, the single most important item of equipment that I needed to play in the game that day. And luckily that worked out. I just got a helmet from a freshman that fit me, and I was able to play in the game, and that, that was all good. But you know, sometimes I think that in life we can kind of get to a point like this. We can kind of get to a point where we're going so fast, we're so busy all the time that we forget what is, our mean, what is the meaning of life? What are the most important things in our life? And what is the purpose of our life? And, you know, we're going so fast. And I think in this weird time of quarantine and, and just a lot of people staying at home and whatnot, a lot of things have been taken away from us. At least we've had to slow down a lot. A lot of the things that maybe you kind of put your identity in or your hope in has kind of been taken away. Maybe you're putting in a lot of hours at work and you wanted to be noticed at work. And that's gone now. You're working from home. Maybe it was a relationship that you were spending a ton of time with. Maybe it was school. I don't know what it was, but for a lot of us, things are kind of just slowing down. Maybe you're even busier than you were before. I know that's the case for some people. But even if that's the case, we can all agree that perspectives have just been shifted and changed and really blown up. We can all agree that everything is different for everybody in this time. Personally, I work for STUMO, which is a campus ministry at Missouri State University. And I was spending a ton of time at Missouri State on the campus. And now I went from being on the campus all the time to being at home all the time. And it's been a huge change. It has been a huge change of my everyday life. And guys, it's my hope that in this time, in this crazy quarantine stay-at-home time, that all of us, that we can recenter our minds and our hearts on what is really important in life. What is our purpose in life? I want to look at what are the biblical truths of what our purpose is in life. So again, I want to look at what the Bible has to say about purpose. What is my purpose? What is God's purpose for you and for me? 
And so I want to look at a passage in Philippians chapter 1. And I want to look at it, and I, want, and I want to pull out three purposes that we see in this passage for our lives. A little background about Philippians. We've been looking at this book a lot at, at, at High Street Young Adults lately. It's an awesome book. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. If you've read it, you should read it again. But, but we're going to be looking at Philippians 1. A little background. Jared kind of mentioned this last week, but it's the Apostle Paul. He's writing this letter to the church in Philippi, to the, the, the Philippians, the people, the, the people in Philippi. And he's writing it from prison. And so we're going to be looking at Philippians 1, chapter 1, verses 18 through 26. I'm going to read it. It says, Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ will turn out for my deliverance, as it, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I, sh yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So Philippians 1, 18 through 26. Again, I just want to look at this and I want to pull out three things that we see as our purposes in life. The first purpose that we see from this passage is to be in a relationship with God. That's the first purpose we, we see, to be in a relationship with God. Philippians 1.21, it says, For to me, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. I, I was reading a commentary when I was preparing for this, and, and I saw a commentary that said, To live is Christ means that we pursue knowing Christ. We want to know him better and better each day, not just to set effects not just a set of facts about him, but Christ himself. Did you know that God created you and he's sustaining you each moment of every single day, every breath you breathe? Think about that. He created you. It's amazing. And the Bible says that he gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And it says that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He knows everything about you and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he's the only relationship that you can ever have that will never fail you. Every single other relationship in your life that you have will fail you at some point. Even that best relationship, if you're a newlywed or whatever it is, every relationship on this earth will fail you. But your relationship with God will never fail you. The, I think about the first human beings to ever have a relationship with God. The first human beings. When we look back at the book of Genesis, we see that God created Adam and he created Eve. And they had a relationship with God. They had a perfect relationship with God. Until one day, Adam and Eve, they were deceived, and they decided that they were going to turn their backs from God. They were going to turn away from God. They were going to disobey God, and they sinned. And sin entered into the world. And, and what happened is that made a separation between God and man. And what that means for you and I is that we are all sinful. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. And so again, that, that means that there's a separation between us and God because of our sin. And then luckily, what happened was Jesus Christ, this is something we just celebrated last week, is that Jesus Christ, he came and lived on this very earth. He lived a perfect, sinless life, a life that I could not live, a life that you could not live, a life without sin. And he went and died on a cross and he took on the sins of the world. 
and, and he died and was buried. And then three days later, he rose again, proving that his sacrifice for all of our sins was acceptable to God and proving that he was God. And so again, what this means for you and I is that we have an opportunity to have a relationship with God. We're separated from God, but because of what Jesus did, we can have this relationship with God. All we have to do is place our trust in Christ. We have to accept this free gift that he's offering us to begin this relationship with God. I want to take you back to and tell you a little bit about middle school Thomas, middle school me. Uh, middle school Thomas, you know, I, I wasn't much of a ladies' man. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. But I got my very first girlfriend in middle school. It was awesome. I, I'd known this girl, and, and I'd seen her at school, and I decided one day that I was going to get her phone number, and I was going to text her and ask her to be my girlfriend. I did, and she said yes. It was great. We dated for about a week. And I remember it, it was a weekend, and she had texted me. And this was back when, when you texted you could put a signature on your text messages. So at the bottom of every text message, you could put a signature. And she texted me, and her signature said, I heart Thomas. And I just remember getting this text message. I just remember being like, man, I don't think I'm in love. I don't think I'm ready to get married yet. So I don't, I don't know if this is really for me. And so I actually called her that day, and I ended the relationship. But this wasn't really much of a relationship at all, if I'm being completely honest with you guys. Because what I left out was that, was that whole week that we dated, we didn't really say a single word to one another in person at school or anything. And so it wasn't really much of a relationship at all. And when I think about that, I think about our relationship with God. When we have this relationship with God, it, it's kind of a two-way street. He wants to speak to us, and he wants us to speak to him. He speaks to us primarily through his word, through the Bible. When we read the, the Bible, this is God's words to us. And we speak to him through prayer. It's kind of a two-way street. It's like if you and I had a relationship and I just talked at you all the time and you didn't really listen, you didn't say anything back to me, that's not much of a relationship at all. And so God wants to have this day-to-day -day relationship. After we place our trust in him, he wants us to walk with him on a day-to-day -day basis. And so, guys, that's the first purpose of life that we can see from this passage in Philippians 1, is to be in a relationship with God. The second, the second purpose uh, that we see from this passage in Philippians 1 is to be in a relationship with others, to be in a relationship with other people. Philippians 1, 22 through 25, it says, If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So Paul, he's saying here, hey, I would rather depart and be in the presence of Jesus. I would rather do that. But if I'm going to stay here, as long as I'm going to be here, it is more necessary for me to be here on your account for your progress and joy in the faith. So he's saying, you Philippians, I'm going to stay here to help you grow in your faith. So he's specifically talking about being with others, and he's talking about spiritual purposes. He's talking about pointing others to Jesus. He's talking about helping people grow in their faith. We need to be sharing the gospel with people. We need to be pointing others towards God. You know, nowhere in the Bible do I see it say that you should only be living for yourself. I don't see it say that anywhere in the Bible. Philippians 2.3, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Count others more significant than yourself. 
And, and, th- and this leads to life. This leads to purpose when we're counting others more significant than ourselves. And you know what? This doesn't stop in this season that we're in right now. This weird time of quarantine and stay at home and all this stuff, it doesn't stop in this season. God, God wants to use you in the lives of pe- other people. He really does. That's one of the reasons that he created us was, was to be used by him to reach people for him. And, you know, being a spiritual leader, that can be scary. That can be scary. I know for me, I've had times where it's like, man, I'm not qualified to do that. I can't lead someone spiritually. I can't tell someone else about God. And that's not my job. I'm not qualified to do that. Let me ask you this. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the name Moses? What's the first thing you think of? Think of something. The first thing you might think of is if you've ever heard about Moses in the Bible, it's maybe that he's a great spiritual leader. Or maybe, you know, he, he was used by God to part the Red Sea, which, which is true. Maybe you think of just him as this great spiritual leader, which he was. But even Moses had his doubts and his fears about being a spiritual leader. Uh, let me read uh, in Exodus 4, 10 through 13. This was, this was right after God had told Moses, hey, I'm going to use you to lead the Israelites out of slavery from Pharaoh and out of slavery from Egypt. So God said, hey, I'm going to use you. And this was, this was Moses' response. It, it says, But Moses says, said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O oh my Lord, Please send someone else. This is Moses. He's saying, God, God I, I, I'm slow. I can't really talk that good. And p- would you please send someone else? This is the Moses we know in the Bible, this great spiritual leader. Even he had his doubts about, about being used by God. And we all have these fears to step out in our faith and to be used by God. Even Moses did. But what God does promise is that he'll be with us. Uh, every step of the way. Uh, Verse 12 there, it says, Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. He promises that he'll be with us. And so guys, that's the second purpose that we see in this passage in Philippians 1, is to be in a relationship with others, and specifically to point others towards Jesus. The third and final purpose that we see in this passage is to bring glory to God in all things. To bring glory to God in all things. You know, we hear this phrase all the time, all the glory to God. You know, I want to give glory to God. If you have, you probably heard an athlete say it, or if you've ever heard like an acceptance speech for an award, you probably heard someone say, you know, first off, I want to give glory to God. And, you know, I was just kind of thinking, I was like, what does this even mean? You know, what, is, what does that even mean, glory to God? And so glorifying, it means feeling, thinking, and acting in ways that reflect his greatness. Feeling, thinking, and acting in ways that reflect his greatness. Glorifying, it means praising or honoring we need to feel, think, and act that, in ways that reflect him and his perfection in everything that we do. Philippians 1.20, it says, As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Now as always, Christ will be honored in my body. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. All to the glory of God. All, that means, that means at your workplace. 
That means in your relationships. That means in the decisions that you make about your future, about your life, all to the glory of God. You know what I don't see it say in 1 Corinthians 10.31? I don't see it say, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, choose what areas you feel like giving the glory to God and do that. That's not what it says. We don't just give glory to God. We're not supposed to just give glory to God in the areas that we feel like. You know, God, I'll give you the glory in this area, but this one, this is mine. I'm going to hold on to this area. That's not what it says. We need to be giving glory and honor and praise to him in all things, all aspects of our life. And we should do that because that he deserves it. He deserves all the glory. Revelation 4.11, it says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And so he deserves all the glory. So that's the third reason and the third purpose of life is to give all the glory to God. Give glory to God in all things. And so the three purposes that we see in this passage in Philippians 1 is one, to be in a relationship with God. And the second is to be in a relationship with others and specifically to point others towards God. And the third is to bring glory to God in all things. And so guys, to do these things, to do all three of these things, it's going to lead you to the most fulfilling life possible. John 10.10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so he's the only thing in this world that, that can really give us true meaning and true life. But Jesus, he doesn't ever promise us that a life following after him is going to be easy. He doesn't ever promise us that it's going to be easy. In fact, he, he sometimes says, he says that sometimes it's actually going to be pretty hard. But what he does promise is that following him is going to lead to the most fulfilling life of purpose that you could ever have. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're someone that has made that decision to place your trust in Jesus and start that relationship with God, I want to encourage you, evaluate your life in these three areas. How are you doing? You know, try to recenter, again, your heart and your mind on what the true purposes of our life are. And I just want to encourage uh, you that if you're watching right now and you have yet to make that decision to place your trust in Jesus, I just want to encourage you, use this time to ask some questions about what that means. Ask somebody some questions. I want to challenge you. Would you read the book of John in the Bible? It's just the book of Jesus' life. And I just want to encourage you to, to consider making that decision to go all in with Christ, to start a relationship with him. Actually, in the book of John, it says, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That is how you can be saved. And that is how you can begin a journey with God that you will never, ever regret starting. Guys, there's more to life than just getting and, and just going through the everyday hustle and bustle. There really is. God does have a purpose for your life. And his purpose for your life is to be in an intimate relationship with him. And his purpose for your life is to be in a relationship with other people and point others towards him. And his purpose for your life is to bring all the glory to him. And so guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. High Street Young Adults, Tuesday Night Live. I've loved being with you guys tonight. And I'm really excited to see what the rest of the semester holds for our team and our community here at High Street Young Adults. Thank you again.